he's walking in and uh, he... I was you, just going to say, you whack your headphones on. Yeah, I'm recording. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> this is what I do. I'm just like, oh, by the way, guys, I'm recording. Um, so, so if you would like mind putting them over your ears and uh, speak. Yeah, they, these mics aren't the, they don't have the greatest reach, so if you kind of just... Do you normally aim for an hour or something? When, whatever. I mean, whatever is happy for you. I, I mean, some of your... I've listened to a few of your... Broadcasts and some of them seem to go on forever. <laughs> some of them do. Some of, I mean, it depends what we're talking about. If it's something that we could really get stuck yeah. into, we like to spe- take our time, don't we? You know? Yeah. Whereas it, so yeah, me and Shane. Uh, uh, yeah. So where am I, Al? Yeah, it must be about two, three years ago. And basically, um, Al can walk into the prison on his own, just being like, "Hello, can I have some friends, please? I've just moved to the area." Aww. And uh, at the time, I was actually putting all my um, my latex on and all my uh, all my blood and everything for for the zombie acting. So I t- turned around with a, my brain hanging out and my eye hanging out and <laughs> you know all made up, all covered in blood. And I was like, "Hey, dude, how are you doing?" It's like, "Come on, I, I can do your makeup and that." Like, you know, yeah, and he was like, yeah. oh, "Okay," and that was basically it, wasn't it? The we, first time I ever met Shane, he was doing my makeup. Literally, yeah. <laughs> and um, and then we got chatting. We had a lot in common and stuff. Um, and then obviously with the other show, Thorskin, um, he just said, "Do you want to come on?" Yeah. One episode of Thor's getting. I said, yeah, okay. So did that, and I, I think I did two episodes, I think. Yeah. And then um, literally pretty much out of the blue, um, Alex and the, the two other co-hosts on the Thor's getting basically said, do you want to come on as co-host? And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I, I said to Shane, like, I'm going to need help with uh, with the biscuit, you know. It's, it's growing, so I need I need a co-host. So... Mm. Um, Thor skin was kind of like uh, weight training for him, you know, it was. Like getting him ready, getting him ready. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I was actually speaking to one of our listeners last night and he was saying like, you know, he's one of these guys that listened to Thorskin religiously and he was like, from the beginning, like Shane was a bit sketchy. He's quite honest, but he's like, he's actually come on really well. So we're quite proud of you. you oh, thanks. <laughs> and how is the biscuit going? The biscuit's going really well. We, we, we you know... My goal, I, I think I put a post up on Facebook yesterday about how I'd love to become like a beacon of, of Shrewsbury. Mm. You know, I'd love for us to be the ones to kind of bring out information and stuff, you know. And it's slowly getting there. Mm. You know, we're getting to a point now where people are coming to us. Yes. Now, to, yeah. for, to want us okay. to, to promote yeah. things. And, and that's what we yeah. want. Yeah. So there's no, there used to be a very local radio station. I'm not talking about Radio Shropshire. There used to be one just for Shrewsbury, I think. Uh, oh, really? A few years ago, but I think that's that bit the dust. Yeah. yeah. So you, you're talking about being ultra local. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah, in fact, actually, we need to bring, out, uh, bring up the fact that uh, we got offered uh, Funk in the Forest, uh, a festival which is going on in Welshpool. And uh, the guy, the, the the promoter, this is my wife, by the way, she's coming in. Um, and uh, he was like, would you like to call the festival? And I was like, ah, strangely, it's like, it's not quite Shrewsbury, it's actually Wales. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we can do it with, with, with Thorskin and we, we can get him on and talk to, get him to talk about it, surely. But um, yeah, we like to keep things kind of Shrewsbury based because that's what this is for. Yes. Yeah. And I've said this many times that Shrewsbury is like a bottom of bottomless pit of just like festivals uh creative people amazing writers music uh, and yeah stuff yeah. going on at the guild hall stuff going on at the darn and stuff going on at the quarry there's just so much to cover in fact like we were just talking before we put the mics on that um we can't cover it all there's no, <laughs> so much no. to do no. but you know it's going well I'm, I'm really we, are, we are finding now that there's people going to events and it turns out that literally that they have heard about said event through the podcast they would they literally have said that they wouldn't even know 
that it's it's been happening unless we've covered it essentially and we've pushed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, are you able to say how many listeners you have? Um, we are at the moment we're pulling around five hundred downloads a month, uh, which is better than the hundred we had when we first started. So like, there's a you know a yeah good growth going on there, and we we have listeners. We, we I was just saying actually we were just sitting there yeah. chatting, and you weren't aware that we're actually covering all of Europe now. We get people in France, Germany, all over the shop listening to us. Uh, Russia, for some reason, um, <laughs> America, Australia. Yeah, so the audience listener base is growing. Mm. Um, and do you know what? Like, I have designed the the biscuit, so it's like something you can pick up and and put down, and pick up and put down. And because like we cover a varied amount of subjects, we covered um, battle rap a few yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. Like because it's something going on that I thought was fun to talk about. So let's talk about rap battles you know and i got my american co-host from thorskin to join us because he, he's all he's all hip-hop yeah and th- that's <laughs> the whole point is that obviously with each episode of the biscuit it's supposed to be like isolated if yeah. you know what i mean so yeah. you can just listen to that episode of the biscuit yeah. on that subject and then you don't need to listen we'll to the rest you if you don't want to listen to you know uh, a podcast about rap battles but you know it's, it's it's doing really well and in fact you know when I was first speaking, we met up it was about January or something like yeah, that. We met yeah, up for yeah, a coffee, and yeah. in fact, I wish I had a microphone on that conversation because it was it was that was a podcast <laughs> in itself. But it's quite awkward to walk. Would you mind if well, I recorded our, yeah, our conversation? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One of the reasons I was late arriving, one of several reasons really, was I just thought, what am I going to talk about? And and I thought if I don't write down a few pointers, we I'm glad you did. Go I'm off in all sorts of different mm. directions. We yeah. do that quite a lot. Yeah. So. Mr. Mayor, Mr. Phil Gillum, Mayor, Mayor Phil, Phil Gillum. Hello. <laughs> how how has it been? How how is the how has your been the mayorhood? How do you just been how, uh, the, mayor, the mayoralty? Yeah, um, how's yeah. it been? Uh, it's been fantastic. Uh, thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying it. It's been five weeks now, I think, uh, and it's absolutely zoomed by. Uh, so much variety. That's another thing. I mean, I'd have to write... Well, I do write it all down because I keep a diary anyway, which is just as well. Um, and someone very early on said, do you know what, Phil? You really ought to keep all the photographs because every time we go to an event, there are photographs taken. And so I've started saving them all on my computer uh, with a view to, at the end of the year, doing a nice book mm. with all the photographs in because otherwise it's just a complete blur and you, you can't remember what happened, you know? Mm. Uh, and I've spoken to previous mayors, and they've said that year it just flew by. Yeah, I, 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 not to sound like the complete narcissist, I totally believe you on that one because, like, we do so many shows with so many amazing people, mm. and I have to be reminded you need to take a picture of this. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, it goes yeah, by so quickly, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's such a great honour. It really is. Um, you know, it's my hometown. I feel passionate about Shrewsbury. I think it's absolutely beautiful. As you were saying earlier, Alex, you know, it's such a creative place as well so many festivals so much music so many great writers and all the rest of it It, and it it, it's hard to keep up Mm. actually there seems to be a festival every week (laughs) yeah (laughs) Yeah. there is at the moment isn't there yeah yeah Yeah. but uh, that's that's part of the fun of it and uh yeah i I mean in the recent weeks i've been to the river festival i've been to shrewsbury carnival yesterday we were at the food festival and there's so much going on in the quarry Mm. all the time it seems to me um yeah it's fantastic i think i saw you at comic salopia yeah and uh i was like 
I think it was like week two. Have you been the mayor or something? Yeah, I was yeah, like, how, yeah. how's it going, Phil? Are you enjoying it? And you were like, it's a lot. <laughs> Shell shocked. Yeah. I was a little bit. Yeah, yeah, I was a little bit. We have the the wonderful Bob Handley is the mayor's officer who drives me around and uh, looks after me and gives me lots of advice. Um, yeah, it, it. I mean, that was a good one, Comics Salopia in so far as I do actually know a little bit about comics. Um, they might not be the same comics that you guys enjoy, <laughs> but, but still, you know, I was able to just talk um, about my childhood and the comics that I loved when I was uh, a youngster. Um, and a few people afterwards said, goodness me, Phil, you actually know quite a lot about comics, <laughs> don't you? Yeah. Uh, so that was a nice one. Sometimes you're thrown into the deep end and you, you think, uh, what am I going to say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that was good. It, it shows, doesn't it, when, you, when you're frustrated uh, a topic that you actually... Oh, I'm actually. Oh, let's go. Uh, because we, yeah. I think the one show I had Shane Chebsy on, this is way before Comic Slope, we were kind of just starting to promote it. And um, I was just kind of like, we were like, bam, bam, bam. Yeah, this yeah, great yeah. conversation. Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed that one, actually. Yeah. yeah. Was, and you, you could tell that you were both complete fanatics about comics. Yeah. <laughs> Him more so. He has, like, I always could say a doctorate in geek because <laughs> I, don't have, geek. I, I don't have a doctorate in geek I, I kind of learn as I go along so let's talk about you when you talk about when you were younger um, what was a young Phil Gillum like you know we, yeah. you, you've had a great career in journalism how did that, how did that start you know? uh, which one are we going for the Phil Gillum as a youngster or the journalist oh, I want to see what we were tear away <laughs> as a kid <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh what no <laughs> I don't believe you <laughs> no, no. no I was pretty pretty boring I think really uh, we, I was born on Springfield Estate, and we moved when I was about six years of age, and then I really grew up, I really grew up, uh, in North Street. That's a funny thing to say, isn't it? I really grew up. <laughs> really grew up. Um, I really you grew up. You moved to the Bronx. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pecking order yeah, in there. <laughs> that's right, yeah. Castlefields is the Bronx of Brisbane. Yeah. Um, so I, I grew up opposite All Saints Church, and... Um, have extremely fond memories. This is where my sister and I differ completely because she said, oh, how can you possibly have loved living there? You know, Because at the time, the house was very, very damp. It was cold. We had an outside toilet and no inside bathroom and all the rest of it, you know, but have so many great memories. I just think it was a fantastic place to grow up. Um, lovely uh, Victorian streets. I just, I just, I think even from a very, very young age, I've always enjoyed walking around historic streets and looking at the houses, looking at the buildings and just imagining what it was like a hundred years ago. Mm. You know, I've always had that. Uh, so Bellevue, you know, absolutely love Bellevue because it's just full of fascinating buildings and, and you just, I, I never tire of it. So I think I've always had that. I've always um, understood, uh, appreciated the history and, and thought about all the different generations that have lived in this street, you know. Mm. It's it's almost like um, when you see like the old walls and stuff, you know, and the, old, and think, and the cobbles and the streets and that kind of stuff, yeah. you kind of think, you know, that if they could talk <laughs> you know the stuff that oh, they've yeah. seen you know Absolutely. and yeah yeah and yeah. And, and, and Shrewsbury's full of that every time you turn a corner yeah, you know, there's something else something yeah. Yeah, a church and you or, notice something yeah. new uh, you yeah. know you can go yeah. down the same street hundred times and yeah. then all of a sudden you'll just notice something and you're yeah. like I never noticed that before yeah that's amazing it's that kind of ca- character that made me want to do this show is because well, I tried to incorporate Shrewsbury into Thorskin by doing a Night of the Dana, mm. and it just didn't work. It didn't work, so I thought, no, let's make something dedicated to Shrewsbury because I know there's a lot of people 
say in America, that are just obsessed with our traditions and our history and what better place than Shrewsbury, you know? Mm. So, yeah. yeah. And, you know, when, we, when I was doing the Bellevue Arts Festival and we did the garden walk and we get, I got, like, invited into people's houses because it's tearing down with rain. <laughs> you got these terrace houses up on Trinity Street and stuff that just go further back and back and you don't realise how big these houses are and then the gardens are just like... Oh, yeah. It's crazy. You oh, know? yeah. And we don't sell it enough in many ways. Uh, Darwin, for example, we could make a great deal more of Charles Darwin. Mm. We, we don't really sell that connection um, for example, the, would you believe we've got a mayor coming from a town in Chile coming in October and it's all down to Charles Darwin because Charles Darwin visited Chile on his voyages and uh, this t- little town in Chile, you know, they're huge fans of Charles Darwin and they thought, yeah. oh, let's go and find out where he was born. So we've got this mayor coming wow. from mm. Chile with a Chilean ambassador and a, a little delegation from Chile visiting us in October. So that's very exciting. Well, We've we gonna... got my co-host Garrett on Thorskin. He's, uh, he lives in Arizona. Yeah. And he works at CERN. He's, he's, he's quite a clever boffin. And he's, yeah. he's, he's dying to get here, isn't he? As soon as he can afford to get here, he's going to get here. But um, So, young you, you went into journalism. <laughs> Um, how did you go about that? Did you did you go to university to do that? Did you, is it something you always wanted to do? Yeah, well, it was certainly something I always wanted to do. I, I think I, from a very young age, um, I was uh, interested in writing. I used to love writing stories, and I, English was my favourite subject at school. So I'd love, I'd, you know, I just loved writing essays and stories making things up, you know, all that kind of stuff. Um, and I know, you you know, as a journalist, you don't tend to make things up. Oh, no, it's never been known. No, no never no, been known. No, no, never. <laughs> they tell uh, the truth all the time. All the time, <laughs> all the time. Uh, so, <laughs> you know, it was like, well, I'm not going to just be a novelist or something because that doesn't happen, you know, unless, you know, you're extremely talented and you get lots of great breaks, you know, and and you write Harry Potter or something, you know, (laughs) for most people who want to be writers, that, that doesn't really happen. Um, so I thought, yeah, yeah, I'd love to love to be a journalist. And no, I didn't go to university. No, I went to what we called tech at the time, Shrewsbury Mm. College, Shrewsbury College on the London road. Uh, which at that stage was the technical college. And uh, so I came away from school with no O-levels, no A-levels, nothing. Um, And I thought, well, if I want to be a journalist, I've got to get some O-levels and A-levels. And the only way to do that was to go to tech. So we did an intense two-year course where we did O-levels and A-levels, which enabled me to get onto a journalist's course at, uh, well, it's the Express and Star and the Shropshire Star, um, the Midland News Association as the, the mother company, if you like. And um, we were trained uh, above Burton's the Tailors in Wolverhampton. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) The the little school at the time was a couple of offices uh, above Burton's the Tailors. Um, Yeah, so we learnt shorthand and law and um, public administration and typing and all that kind of thing. Um, within about, I don't know, five or six months. And then we were let loose on our local weekly newspapers, which in my case was the Shrewsbury Chronicle. Where I started in 1977. Good God, wow. <laughs> yeah. Cheers, Shane. It's all right. Let's not insult our guest, Shane. <laughs> yeah. I thought Shane was going to say, well, that's not that long ago. <laughs> yeah. Suddenly, I feel ancient. Yeah. You're looking good for it, though. Oh, <laughs> thanks, Shane. You're trying to redeem yourself. Yeah. 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 What was that like, then, stepping into the <laughs> What was that like in the old days? Yeah. Before motor cars. Um, 1977. Um, 
<laughs> well, it was, it was, it was, you know, it, it, it was terrifying in some ways because, um, you know, you, you'd never actually done this work before and uh, you had the editor and the deputy editor and everybody sort of watching your every move. Mm. And so it was a little bit scary, uh, but it was also very enjoyable. Um, Shoesby Chronicle, I, I, one of my memories is that uh, myself and a young lady called Megan, we were the two trainees of that course. Um, I mean, there were 12 of us on the course and we were farmed out to different weekly newspapers all over Shropshire and the West Midlands. Um, and so Megan and myself started in 1977 at the Cron, uh, when it was Chronicle House directly opposite the railway station. And I noticed straight away, oh, guess what? Megan's doing all the weddings and I'm doing all the obituaries. And I think that was because, you know, they thought, well, a girl would be much more interested in weddings and mm-hmm. she would be able to write about what the bride was wearing and all that sort of thing. It was the <laughs> 70s. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and I got all the obituaries, which actually, it wasn't as depressing as it sounds. You know, it was, it was quite a lovely, lovely job because I, I'd very often go and visit uh, you know, say say it was a you know a lady in her eighties or something, and she just lost her husband. And and what was fascinating was she, you know we'd sit down with a cup of tea and a biscuit, and she would tell me all about her husband. Mm. And so it was a little bit of social history. Um, and I, I again I found that absolutely fascinating. So we, uh, newspapers don't do that anymore. You know, it, it's something that's fallen by the wayside. Uh, they don't have the staff staffing levels that they once did. And so all those things don't get done anymore. They don't tend to cover councils so much. They don't cover magistrates' courts so much. Um, and it's it's completely changed. It's because people like us, we're like, uh, you can listen to the news rather than yeah. read it. I'm very sorry. I'm really sorry about that. But uh, um, how, how, from, the, from the Chronicle... How did, how, did, how did you do it? He is, he is completely deluded, isn't he? He is, isn't he? He apologises for everything. It's ridiculous, <laughs> honestly. Um, so, from the Chronicle, uh, where did that take yeah. you then? Because you, yeah. well, you've given us a list here of all the different places that you well, worked. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. I mean, I, I'm not going to speak for hours about each one. No, but, no, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> so, the Sunday Independent was next. I, I, I think, um, yeah, that was down in Plymouth. Um, there comes a point in your life, I think, where you just want to break away from mummy's apron strings as they say you know you just want to go and do something completely different in another in perhaps another country but in my case another part of leave dodge leave dodge yeah and so i looked around for what was uh, what was available there was a job going on a newspaper called the sunday independent down in plymouth and it covered cornwall devon and somerset uh strange strange newspaper in many respects but uh, you know, I had so, so much fun down there. It was a fairly short period, um, partly because, would you believe, I got very, very homesick and I was <laughs> coming home like every other weekend, you know, because actually I, I missed Shrewsbury and my family so much that I, I was coming home quite often. Um, but, you know, I, I, I met, these names might not mean anything to you guys because you're only 12 years old. But, <laughs> um, but I met people like Norman Wisdom, the great comedian, oh, and, yeah. and uh, Jimmy Tarbuck, uh, yeah. who was sort of in pantomime or whatever down in Plymouth. And uh, I'd go backstage and interview them. Uh, I met Joan Collins, actually. Um, Around about the time, I think it was just before Dynasty when she was in Dynasty. Uh, she, she, you know, she was available uh, for interview. Uh, I think she'd just been in a, a fairly big film. And um, what I remember about that was all the journalists were kept outside in a sort of little waiting room, and 
her minder came out and said, you're only allowed seven minutes or something, you know, ridiculous, <laughs> you know, some ridiculous amount of time, you know. And of course, uh, oh, and uh, uh, Miss Collins doesn't want to speak about this and she doesn't want to speak about this and don't you dare ask her about this, you know. There are all sorts of things about her background we mm. weren't allowed <laughs> to ask her about. Yeah. You're like, oh, so, the best bits. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of weird because you met this sort of iconic figure, you know, she was such a famous actress and, and you wanted to ask her and you wanted to spend a good deal of time, you like, mm. like we're doing now, guys, around this table, yeah. you know. Uh, and and she just would not speak about so many things. She just wanted to plug her latest film, basically. Mm. Yeah. So that was a bit disappointing. We got that with, with Comic Salopia, didn't we? We got to spend we like did get that bit ten fifteen minutes with Jamali Maddox or something, and I'd be like, oh, I'd love to, I'd love to like delve mm. deeper and stuff. But we didn't have the time. And I've been in press conferences as well when you've got like you know chairs have just have pressed people around and you've got the, the star at the table and you're all fighting to get your questions in and they're all fighting to get their, their cameras in the centre point of the room and it's, it's yeah it's quite dog eat dog isn't it you know yeah 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 um, so how how was how was that like dealing with that pressure though you know mm. Did, I, I, I mean, but perhaps perhaps the editor didn't have such high expectations because you'd, <laughs> you'd sort of come back and you'd write something, you know. But I mean, all the background information. It was long before you know Google was invented, but you, nevertheless, mm. you could still uh, trawl out up quite a bit of information about these people, and and so that would build up the article, you know. And 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 you could actually there was nothing stopping you saying that you know Miss Collins refused to speak mm. about this, that, well, yeah. and the other, you know. So so that kind of blew up in their faces a bit when they were when they were a bit strict about what you could ask and what you couldn't ask. Uh, but no, I mean, most of the time, people are absolutely lovely. I met Ralph McTell, who was lovely, 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 and, and Gilbert O'Sullivan and lots of singer-songwriters from that era. Um, Crowded House, um, uh, I met Crowded House, and uh, Neil Finn, um, who is just such a brilliant songwriter. So I met lots of uh, very interesting people through the years. Uh, moved from Plymouth up to Hull, which uh, is where I met my lovely wife. Um, so I had a few years in Hull. Um, then it was a fairly circuitous route, actually, when I start to think about it. Because uh, <laughs> then for some reason, I'm not quite sure, I think it was because, you know, uh, I wanted to, I mean, I'd forgotten about that. I, I wanted to uh, go to Israel and work on a kibbutz for no, I can't even think why. <laughs> I think it was a calling. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was like, uh, oh, if I don't do it now, I never will. You know, mm. it was like I've never been abroad. I've never been to anywhere exotic. You know, like, oh, and I sort of heard about this. You know, they want volunteers to go to Israel and work on a kibbutz, so you can sort of drive a tractor and you can ir- <laughs> irrigate the fields at the edge of the desert and, and all this kind of stuff. You know, and and so a whole bunch of us went over from England, and that was very exciting. It was only, I don't know, seven or eight weeks, I think. But it, it was just great to be in a completely different country, completely different culture, and uh, do a bit of travelling. So that was exciting. And then when, when I got back, of course, I didn't have a job anymore. <laughs> <laughs> did, you, did you just up sticks and go, more or less? Well, yeah, in a sense. I mean, Carol, my wife, said, uh, you know, if you're going to go, you, you better do it now because, you know, you don't want to be... Like thinking about it in years to come, and 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 you'll blame me for the rest of your life that I didn't let you go or something, mm. you know. So why not just go and do it, and then get out your system? Yeah, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, kind of, kind of, yeah. And then find another job, and we'll settle down and have children. You know, that's the kind of thinking, I suppose. So um, 
so I ended up, we, we ended up, we, we came back and there was a, I came back from Israel and there was a job going in Stafford and I thought, well, you know, that's close to my beloved Shrewsbury, so it's a step in the right direction. This sounds actually quite selfish because it means that I, I'm forced Carol to move away from her hometown. <laughs> Again, yeah, what a selfish person I must be. We moved to Stafford. <laughs> You know, it's funny. You look back and you think, "Why? Why did we move to Stafford?" You know, um, but when you start to analyse it, oh my goodness! Um, yeah, so we we moved to Stafford. Uh, where I worked for uh, a couple of newspapers there: Staffordshire Newsletter and the Stafford Chronicle. The Stafford Chronicle is part of the Midland News Association, so I'd sort of come full circle. I was kind of almost coming home, if you like. Hmm. Um, so I was back with the the company that I'd started with. Um, and I was always looking back to Shropshire, looking back to Shrewsbury, thinking, how can I get back, you know? And then the job came up. We, we yeah, I moved across to the Shropshire Star uh, on the features desk, which was fantastic. I, I loved that. <laughs> I just loved that. I, and I hesitated at the time. I remember thinking, hmm, you know, this is quite a big step, actually. And, uh, you know, the, I don't think the money was that great. I don't think that was a consideration. You know, like, well, it's not like they were offering me a huge mm. salary or something. You know, I thought, oh, okay, well, yeah, actually, I could be out of pocket here, you know. Uh, so do I really want to move? And, you know, the, I was umming and ahhing about it. And I remember one day I was sat in the barbers having my hair cut. And I thought, what the hell am I thinking? You know, it's, <laughs> it, it's back at the Shropshire Star. It, it's, you know, almost home, back back to Shrewsbury. And, uh, you know, what's not to like? It's on the features desk. I love writing features, you know. And it was a little bit writing. It was a little bit subbing as well. So there was quite a lot of sub-editing involved and laying out pages and deciding which pictures to use and which headlines to write and all the rest of it. And I, I found that I really enjoyed that. And that side of it, the production journalism, became much more important. And, mm. and actually the writing started to sort of fall away. And as the years went by, I became more a production journalist rather than a writer but try to sort of keep my hand in and write the occasional thing along the way. Mm. Yeah. We could learn a lot from you. Yeah, we could. <laughs> and, you know, you know, like, there, there is a lot that, with journalism alone, that we, we could learn as a way of promoting the show and stuff. Like, And there's things that I just can't... I, Katie Rink, I was speaking to Katie yeah, Rink yeah, yeah, from yeah. My Shrewsbury. She's, She's awesome. Great. Yeah, She's she... awesome. And we were doing an interview, and she was writing in this notebook in, in what I can only describe as hieroglyphs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it was like a triangle and then a line, yeah. and then a circle and a squiggle. And I was just kind of like, wow, that's 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 quite mm, crazy. Mm, like. mm. And she wrote a whole conversation with like a page just full of these we, things. I, I so stressed about that. We had to do 100 words a minute to get our um, certificate. You know, we were supposed to do a hundred words a minute, and I, <laughs> I lost count of the times I took the test because uh, I'd do sort of eighty words a minute, and then next time maybe ninety words a minute, and then I'd be so nervous that I made a complete hash of it the next time. You know, and I must have taken the test four or five times before <laughs> I actually reached a hundred words a minute, and. I don't suppose once you've got the certificate, you ever write at 100 no, words yeah. a minute ever again. <laughs> but it, it seemed important at the time. Um, nowadays, I don't think journalists probably don't use it at all in the main because they would just use a microphone or mm. just scribble down a few salient points and then fill in the rest later. You know. Mm. Um, so I'm not sure. It's almost a, a dying skill, I think. 
Yeah, it's really good. Um, the Shropshire Star is ov- obviously is iconic for us living around. This like they covered Telford, Shrewsbury, mm. Oswestry. Street. Well, I, I grew up with the Shropshire Star. Yeah, yeah. yeah the Shropshire Star Chronicle and the Abmac is what yeah. I kind of grew up with. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so what happened then? What why? can we talk about it yeah 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 i don't see why not yeah i i i think anyone uh, of my generation who worked at the shropshire star would would agree that um it became um more and more stressful i think and um i think we because there'd been round after round after round of redundancies uh, a lot of people had left and those of us who were left behind were actually doing the jobs of two or three people. So we were working very long hours. It became much more mm. stressful. Uh, there were uh, crushing deadlines to meet all the time, you know. And, um, yeah, so in the end, I, I was not happy. And uh, when the next round of redundancies came round in 2014, I thought, it's time to get out. And... That's basically it. Um, So I I left in 2014. I was extremely fortunate in so many ways um, because I I then went on to do lots of other interesting little jobs. And when I say little, they're they're (laughs) little in the sense that they were fairly short term. So Mm. they were fixed fixed term contracts. Um, And I kind of went from... Uh, a very, very, very small charity based in Shrewsbury called the Shropshire Seniors, which I think still exists in one form or another. Um, But I I believe it's entirely run by volunteers now. But that was such a wonderful job with lovely, lovely people. Um, And I I thoroughly enjoyed every minute of it. Uh, Then did some freelance work for a magazine based in Bridge North, uh, the Shropshire Review magazine. Um, Again, such fun, such fun. And it was almost like going back to 1977 for me because mm. all of a sudden I was like spending a day at the fire station with firefighters, <laughs> you know. And it's just fantastic, you know, sitting around with firefighters, uh, getting them to tell me all these stories and that and taking photographs and uh, and then to, to go back and write a feature about you know, what it's like to be a firefighter in Bridge North, you know. Mm. Um Lots of different things. Uh, there was a, an art deco, beautiful art deco cinema out there in Bridge North, uh, which I never knew existed. And um, it's gorgeous. And they, they still have the original projectors, you know. Wow, wow. It's just fantastic. So lots of interesting stuff there. And then I moved on to Relate, which is the, the um, relationships charity. Um, where they they counsel people who are going through difficulties. Um, Sadly, uh, they had difficulties themselves, the Shropshire uh, branch of Relate, and uh, sadly uh, they they went out of business um, within a few months of my joining them. Uh, Nothing to do with me, by the way. (laughs) (laughs) And then, uh, again, very, very lucky because I then landed a fantastic job with the Alzheimer's Society based in Wellington, uh, the job was very much um, to develop Newport, Shropshire, as a dementia-friendly town. And so I spent a lot of time out there talking to It's a to passion people. I've noticed that's quite close to your heart. Yeah. You, you really are passionate about it. Yeah, well, I am, yeah. And interestingly, people, I think someone just yesterday said, you know, is this a personal thing? Do you, do you know people in your family that have dementia? Well, no, I don't actually. Um, but it, it, it's just a fascinating subject. 
And I think one of the, the great messages of the Alzheimer's Society um, is that you can live well with dementia. You know, people mm. think, oh, my God, you know, this is it. You know. the beginning of the end. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I mean, you can you can live a full, good, happy life for many, many years, you know, so so um, that's one of the central messages. And, and in order to help people live a good, full, happy life, we were talking to shops and businesses and solicitors and estate agents and news agents and food outlets and supermarkets, everybody in Newport and persuading them that this was the way to go, that they should become dementia friendly. Uh, in in return for that, we give them a sticker to put on the front door saying we are a dementia-friendly shop. And it just raises awareness. Mm. Uh, we've got a smashing little group now um, over in Newport that meet regularly to keep this thing moving forward. So, yeah, that that was extremely worthwhile. Yeah. Have, have we still got a hand in that a little bit? or? Well, the Alzheimer's Society itself, no. But as a sort of spin-off from that, in a way, um, I had a conversation with a gentleman who is involved in something called DEEP, which is Dementia Engagement and Empowerment Project. So it's not run by the Alzheimer's Society, it's entirely separate. But uh, in the case of DEEP, I'm the Shropshire uh, Group's facilitator, and um, this is a, a little, little job, sort of one day a week I spend on this. Mm. Um, and it's setting up groups in, you know, Clearbury Mortimer and 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 uh, Church Stretton and Whitchurch and Wem and all over the county. And it's a huge county, as you know. Um, but this is setting up groups for people living with dementia. So the idea is they can meet for a coffee and a piece of cake, or yeah. they perhaps meet in a pub and have a pint, whatever it is, uh, or they all go to the cinema together, or they all go fishing together. It doesn't matter what it is. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah and beautiful. and it's also hopefully to give their carers a bit of a break as well, because whilst the, the people living with dementia meet for a coffee and cake, then the carers can go off and do their own thing. So, you know, it's, there's a lot of benefits to this. Mm. Well, That's good. It's like mental health and things like dementia and, and, and you know, very close to home for us. Like we, yeah, like we, we were trying really. to get in touch with, uh, with Crane, who's a, a charity shop in mm. town. And uh, with, with them, is it that's a charity, obviously, and whatever money they make, is they, they provide counsellors for people yeah, yeah. You know, to speak to. And I, I do apologise to the guys from Crane. We haven't been in touch lately. I'm sorry, I haven't spoken to you. <laughs> but we've been super busy. I, I do want to, I do want to cover it though. We will get them on the show. Um, but, yeah, it's it's really important, I think, because there's there's a stigma about mental health, and it just seems to be getting worse lately. And I guess that's the sort of the same with dementia. You know, people just don't understand it. You know, and yeah, yeah, you know, for, for people like you, what you're doing, your cause, like you know, you got you got you got grandma who's who's going a bit, you know, you got dementia, and you don't quite know how to cope with it. There's people like you guys to talk to mm. to know how to deal with it, and that's really nice. Yeah, you know? we're making steps forward, I think, all the time. Um, but do get in touch with Crane Counselling. They're a good bunch. Yeah, yeah. I've got the the. This is how crazy the biscuit is yeah. at the moment. I pulled up my, my, my book and the, the leaflet fell out. And I do remember speaking to her on the phone going, yes, we will. And then, you know, lots happened. Um, but we will. We were going to cover that. Yeah. I'm going to get them around. We can go around the shop, actually. We can yeah, set we up can at the shop, the shop and speak to them um, because it's really important, I think. Um, i got to I got to thank you as well, Phil, actually, because you gave us our first magazine 
first bit in the magazine. I was like, oh, I'm in a magazine. And it was a Bellevue magazine. <laughs> <laughs> it was really nice. Um, yeah. Yeah. He's easily pleased. Isn't yeah. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, when it comes small things, isn't it? <laughs> Bless him. <laughs> I'm like, people will know. Now people will know. Like, you know, uh, yeah. But yeah, thank you for that. That was yeah, really nice. Absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Yeah, well, you kind of all, you know, we're all doing the same thing in yeah. a way, aren't we? You know. And uh, yeah, as soon as I found out about you, I thought, yeah, that's exactly the kind of thing. I, I love all this. I love, you know, community mm. and, and grassroots stuff. You know, not it doesn't have to be big. You know, it, it just, as you say, keep it Shrewsbury. Yeah, yeah fantastic. Yeah. So, yes, I was happy to do that. Yeah, Bellevue Magazine, I ought to say, uh, again, as soon as I left the Shropshire Start, one of the things I really, really wanted to do was set up a magazine for the Bellevue area. When I was a little boy, we used to walk along the riverside from Castlefields over the Greyfriars Bridge, and it seemed to me like as soon as you walked over the Greyfriars Bridge, you were entering this magical world. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because we we were off to see Nan, who lived in Brook Street, and it was just lovely. We, we this long, long walk. It seemed to go on forever along the riverside from Castlefields to Bellevue. And, you know, you cross the bridge and it's like, oh, there's all these little shops and it's like a little village, <laughs> isn't it? You know, and at the time, um, the, there was a news agent that, that um, oh, it was great, it sold comics, back to comics again, you know. <laughs> so we'd often have a comic or uh, they sold little plastic soldiers, you know, and me and my little brother would often buy a, a soldier and then we'd get to Nan's and play with the soldiers and all that, you know. Mm. And it was just, just this lovely other world, really, Bellevue. And I thought, yeah, uh, it deserves its own magazine. And um, I'm really proud of this. It's It's been going now for five years. And um, I really must get my skates on and get another one out soon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, if there's any right, are you looking for writers, people to help out with you? Yeah, you? always, always. You know, um, I mean, people are very good and very generous, and they do submit uh, material all the time. Um, I've got a lady called Lottie Clark who writes very, very beautifully about gardening, and she always submits a piece. Um, you know, we, we've got Aid Plimmer who is uh, uh, always in the, I shouldn't say this really, always in the Prince of Wales. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, we should be too, though, to be fair, because yeah. it's kind of a um, halfway point, isn't it? It, it, it is, actually, yeah. It's literally yeah. smack around the middle. Yeah, yeah. You're in Rebook and I'm in the age, so yeah. 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 But Aid is, is a massive Shrewsbury Town football club fan, and he writes beautifully about that. So I'm very grateful to these people, because they kind of keep the thing going, really. Mm. Yeah, so it's a great little thing. And, you know, it's, it's things like... The Bellevue Magazine, uh, for the love of Shrewsbury on Facebook, uh, you know, Lorraine Fletcher d does that beautifully. Yeah, yeah. Um, all these community projects that, that kind of made me think, this needs to be done. Yeah. Someone needs to be making a podcast now. And it's only when I, I kind of looked for a podcast with the Shrewsbury name in it and found out, yeah, there's uh, <laughs> there's, there's Glenn that does the football one. He's great, by the way. He's been on the show before. He does a great job there. Um, and then a few... A few um, Bible um, uh, sermons and things. I was like, yes, we need to do this now, 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 now. We'll voice somebody else is going to do it. <laughs> so we did it. And yeah. um, it's, it's interesting how you always mention Lorraine Fletcher. Good old Lorraine. Yeah, yeah. she's fantastic. And she, she is lovely. I do she's... want to get on the show. She's quite shy, though. She yeah, said, yeah. Uh, I've got a funny story about Lorraine, actually. I, I, I went to buy some, um, what was it? I think it was like fence posts or something she randomly had. And she put them on Facebook. And I bought these fence posts off her. I stood there and she was like, and she sort of looks at me. She's like, "Are you Helen's son?" And I was like, "Yes, <laughs> yes." Why? <laughs> and she was like, "I've known you since you were a kid." And I was like, 
have you? <laughs> she's like, yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah, we, we ended up um, having this long conversation about how she remembers like my brothers and sisters and that yeah, kind of yeah. stuff, like, you know, working at the rabbit school. And, and I was just like, this is mental. <laughs> so, you know, we literally stood there for probably about an hour and a half outside the house, just chatting, <laughs> just catching yeah. up. It was really weird. I definitely want to get her on the show if we can entice her sometime. Maybe we can bring her on, Phil. Yeah. Maybe we can hold a hand. Come it's on, just... come on, Lorraine. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to write to her today. I'm going to be like, hey, Hey, it's, well, you it's don't a, you don't need to because she'll be listening to this. Yeah, I hope so. Hope so. She's been, actually I've got a lot to thank of her because straight out of the bat I was I messaged her and I was like, uh, people don't like uh, self promotion a lot, you know, especially when it comes to podcasts. Just listen to my podcast. <laughs> but so I said to her like, can I can I post on the on for the love shoes? She's like, absolutely, of course, please do. Yeah. And I have been, and she's liked and loved and shared mm. and things. She, so. she just shares a lot, doesn't she? Yeah, yeah. she's yeah. brilliant. Um, so thank you, Lorraine, for that. Um, so how do you, all these projects, you're a workaholic, sir. You, no, you, you I li- don't think I am. <laughs> you like to be busy. You like to be busy. <laughs> I, do, I do like to be busy, yeah. yeah. I, I wouldn't describe myself as a workaholic. I'm desperately trying to get rid of some of these things. So. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, how do you find time with your family, especially with the mayor thing at the moment? Yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Okay, well, uh, you know, we've, we've got three boys. They're all grown up. They've got families of their own. And, uh, they're all sort of... Uh, that's not strictly true, actually. We, we we became grandparents for the first time in September. Congratulations. Um, thank you. Mm-hmm. So that's very exciting. A beautiful, beautiful little boy. Um, so when I say they've got families of their own, that's not strictly true. So we, we've got three sons. Um, the eldest uh, is living in Bristol. He's a graphic designer. And the middle one, as we have to call him, it always sounds a bit strange, that, doesn't it? Uh, is... Um, uh, a social worker, and he lives in Birmingham. And the little fella, uh, who's not at all little anymore, um, is uh, working for the patent office uh, or patent office in Newport, Wales. And he lives in Cardiff. So, so they're all doing their own thing, all very happy in their chosen professions. Um, so that's fantastic. So. Um, yeah, we see a lot of each other. Um, you know, it's not that far to Bristol or Cardiff or Birmingham. Mm. Um, so we see a lot of each other and they're all very close. What, what, one of the great joys of my life is that the three boys are such great friends and they go cycling together and they watch out for each other then they're always sort That's of really calling good. each other you know it's very rare it's rare <laughs> i was gonna say it's rare <laughs> yeah. yeah my brothers get together and we're in an hour I mean, yeah my family live in ireland so it's like <laughs> i get a break right? so but when we're together there's always some sort of problem that arises yeah. and we're always kind of no it was sam no it was connor no <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah we're the same as well yeah, yeah. i think about 50 percent of my family are all dysfunctional some way but like, <laughs> <laughs> like <laughs> it's funny because the more people I speak to, I, I just assumed that everyone had families like ours. But the more people I speak to, yeah, there, there's rifts, and you know, people don't speak to one another, mm. and, and so maybe it's not such a common thing after all that you know all the boys you know are such great friends. So yeah, very very. It's, tes- it's testament to you to their upbringing, I think. And oh the, shucks, the, the way they've been parented. No, it really is. It really is. And kids, not just kids, that, not like kids are a product of their upbringing. Obviously, and it's not until they get a bit older, they start obviously growing into the people that they become as they get yeah. older you know and um and yeah i mean it the 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 their core values are put in place when they're little and that comes from the parents yeah mm-hmm. yeah and so 
you know, kudos to you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I always find distance is great as well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were talking about this earlier. Yeah. About, like, yeah. you know, sometimes people need yeah. a bit of space, you know. Yeah. Uh, well, the whole lot of us are going on holiday together later in the year. So, I, so I, you'll I, see. We'll, we'll, uh, I'll let you know how that goes. Are you going anywhere nice? Anywhere nice? Somewhere in the depths of Wales in Carmarthenshire. Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, we just come back from Wales. It was lovely. We had a really good time. We went yeah. to Perfelli. 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 Um, you like to write. So the writing is like a huge portion of your life. You mm. know, you're saying. Uh, and, you know, you've written for newspapers, you've written for magazines. Is there anything out there that. Um, I know there is, but I'm setting this up for the show. Uh, is there anything <laughs> that you like to write just for you to put your name on? You know, I've, I've over the years I've written quite a number of books. Um, it started with uh, non-fiction, um, so way back in the year 2000, uh, I put out a book about Shrewsbury. It won't surprise you to know it was about Shrewsbury, um, which was kind of like a guidebook, really. Um, and I did the whole thing myself. So I wrote it. I took the photographs. I designed it. I did the whole thing. Um, and uh, thoroughly enjoyed that project. And then with the Shropshire Star, myself and Toby Neal. Toby Neal is someone that everyone who reads the Shropshire Star will know. They'll know the byline. And Toby's deeply into local history. And um, so Toby and I were given the job of writing a few books about, uh, first of all, Shrewsbury, and then about Shropshire as a whole, and then about Telford. And they were picture books, really. So mm. we, we drew upon the newspaper pictures from the Shropshire Star archive. And they're, they're smashing smashing little books, really. Um, yeah, they were nice, nice hardbacks uh, packed with local photographs from sort of the 1940s, 1950s, right the way through. Uh, and it, they were great because unlike uh, a lot of books which just show you the buildings, these were full of people because they were newspaper pictures, you know. Yeah. So it was just fascinating, you know. You just had these sort of uh, ladies serving tea and coffee in lion's tea rooms in the 1950s and that, you know. So they were great pictures. Um, so we did that. And then, yeah, more recently I've written a couple of novels which always sounds a bit like i'm showing off when i mention this no 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 we like no, no. self-promote sir self-promote yeah, we, want, so we want to hear this plug away <laughs> so, <laughs> so this this was just something i just kind of had to do and and um I, it, you know so so i i remember being on holiday once and i saw these books on the shelf that were yes they were novels they were works of fiction but interestingly they were set in that particular place. So we, we were actually in Pembrokeshire, uh, and all these novels were set in this particular part of Pembrokeshire. And I thought, actually, that's rather clever, because you've got yourself, albeit a very small audience, you've got yourself an instant audience, you've got yourself an instant readership. Mm. Because if you can work into the title and the look of the book, somewhere very local then you know at least you're going to sell some locally if if not beyond you know the mm. borders of Shrewsbury or whatever um so I I took this idea and ran with it really so um I've written two novels I've brought them for you today actually oh fantastic Ooh. We like stuff like that. Uh, it's, it's, it, you are right, though. It's very clever. Like Ron Morgan, who we had on the show, he wrote Don't Bring Me Flowers. It's this amazing story set in that's, wartime. That's amazing. Uh, and um, he... W Thank you. This is amazing. Well, I don't know if it's amazing. You can, you can read them and let me know if they're amazing. But um, So, yeah, they, they've got some sort of curious titles, really. So, Shoesby Station, mm. Just After Six... 
You see, I just I had this idea I'd do a trilogy, and I haven't written the third one yet, but uh, it may well happen. So Shrewsbury Station, just after six, um, it's a, a love story, and it's set in the present day. Um, and I got uh, our daughter-in-law to paint the pictures for the front covers, by the way. Yeah, oh, so really? it's a real family thing, you know. So that, that, well, I, I love stuff like this. Yeah, <laughs> so, so, you know, uh, big congratulations to Laura, who uh, really good as well, painted yeah. these wonderful pictures for the front. So... Shrewsbury Station just after six is set in the present day, whereas Shrewsbury Market and a girl called uh, Veronica, I couldn't remember her name then. (laughs) (laughs) Shrewsbury Market and a girl called Veronica uh, is set in the 1920s. Um, And then I thought maybe if I do a third one, I could somehow cleverly bring these two stories together. But, Mm. you know, that's, 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 (laughs) you know, somewhere down the line. Um, So, yeah, the... You know, they're love stories, um, as I say, one in the present day, one in the 1920s, uh, absolutely, you know, um, sort of saturated in references to Shrewsbury. Um, so you'll you'll see as you read, you know, that there's Shrewsbury buildings and places that you'll recognise uh, throughout. And I just thought that was a nice idea because, you know, then at least local people, you know, will sort of get into it and think, oh, yeah, I, I, I know these places. You know? And that's what I was just saying before you handed me these beautiful books, is that when Ron Morgan wrote Don't Bring Me Flowers, it was... Um, it was a wartime story, so they were, they were all around the world. Um, you know, it was about Japanese um, concentration camps and that. Um, but it was about him finding about these stories, walking around Shrewsbury in the nineties, uh, and he was describing streets as he was walking down. And yeah, he described, yeah. and that to me, I was like, oh, I live there. You know, yeah, it's yeah. really nice. Yeah, you know? so yeah. It's, it's true. And it, you had Lisa Blower on the other day. Yes, and yes. now she is a fantastic writer. She is a fantastic writer. I love her stuff. And uh, you were talking about the story Barmouth, the first yes, one, yes. the first one in the collection. And it, <laughs> she actually name checked me when she was on the biscuit last time because I, I sent her a message saying I'm I'm sat in a coffee shop in Shrewsbury and I'm actually crying because I've just read your story Barmouth. You know, <laughs> so I'm making a complete fool of myself here. You know, it's I'm, your fault. <laughs> <laughs> It was, it, it was, it was so. Cl- oh, it just felt so yeah. nostalgic, didn't it? You yeah, know, when yeah. you think about those, those, um, those yeah. holidays you went on yeah. as a kid, yeah. like to the rusty old uh, yeah. like caravans yeah. and things like that, where you. You'd be right to sit yeah. in the well of the car and things like that, <laughs> yeah. you know. It's, yeah. But it, it was it was so bittersweet, you know. It's such a sad story, really. Yeah. You know, it's really quite sad. Like Lisa writes in such a way that you can almost smell the pages. You know, mm. when she's talking about like uh, she's describing a scenery, like uh, the, uh, the the place where they give the homeless food, you can almost smell it and hear yeah. it and yeah. feel it. You know, and that's what I really liked about the way she wrote. Yeah. And sometimes. I feel like, you know, to write short stories like that, which are like a page or two long sometimes, um, it's really good because it kind of hit, hit, it's like an instant hit, you know? Yeah. It doesn't drone on, not yeah. to say drone on, but it doesn't go on and on and on. It's like you're straight there, bam, in the scene, this is what happens, go. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, very clever, very yeah. clever. And um, yeah, this is really good. I, I, I do want to get like a lot of like local authors like yourself. Um, uh, I want to get David Trumper on because yep. he's my yep. old school teacher from school. Yeah, he's um, great. He's great. Um, he's just a super yeah. busy guy. So let's make a list. Uh, that's Lorraine Fletcher. Yeah. <laughs> there there are so many Trump. people I want to get yeah. on. Um, yeah. Stan, of course. I want to get Stan yeah, on. Yeah. He's brilliant. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, there's so many people. And the town crier, he said he'd come on. 
He said on yeah. Facebook he would come on, so we have that, you know, you go, oh, come on. Yeah. I don't think we'll need a microphone for that. No, 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 you won't. No, you won't. He's I, an amazing person, yeah. though. Yeah. Martin and I went to school together. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's quite funny now when we sidle up to events, and me as You're the like, mayor, right. and him as the <laughs> town crier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, used to, we both went to Belvedere together, and uh, he had a train set, and I had a train set, or a model railway layout, actually, yeah, rather than know. train set, yeah. And uh, so I'd borrow a locomotive off him and he'd borrow one off me. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. You have a layer of your gobstopper. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know it all went down, don't worry. <laughs> now, the, the, the connecting points to everything we've talked about during this podcast is Shrewsbury. Right? That, that is the, the, the centrepiece for everything that you, that, you, that you involve yourself in. Yeah. You love this town yeah, and I do, it, I do, it, I do. it shows. It's, it's so deep in my psyche. I mean, uh, it, it's interesting because... Because I think you can either embrace that and say, I love this town and I don't really want to be anywhere else. And you can embrace that. Or you can have the opposite you know, view that actually I know this town inside out and it's time for me to move on. You know? mm. And I think um, my younger brother uh, took the opposite view, I think. You know, and he, he thought, well, yeah, Shrewsbury's lovely, but actually I need to, to live somewhere else and do something yeah. else. Yeah, see, I couldn't, I couldn't see myself living anywhere else than Shrewsbury. Um, it's... Because I'm born and bred Shrewsbury, yeah. um, and I, I couldn't, I couldn't live anywhere else. Yeah, you know, it is. Um, I mean, I think you get to an age also. I mean, you're you're just a whippersnapper, as I say. You're, a, you're <laughs> always a whippersnapper. You know, you're only twelve, but when when you get to my age of twenty-seven, you know, you you, you every every corner you turn. There are so many memories, you mm. know, and it's just layer upon layer upon layer of memories. And so, you know, I do think sometimes I, I walk around the town and I think, oh, yeah, you know, mm. and constantly I remember stuff from years gone by. And it's, 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 it's like my dad. I mean, I come across pictures on like the mem- memoirs of Shropshire and stuff like that on Facebook and things like that. I come across pictures and I'm like, where is that? And like, I'll just go straight, send it straight to my dad. Yeah, yeah. and I'm just because he, he was born in Longner. Yeah, he obviously yeah. grew up around Shrewsbury. Yeah, I sent it to my dad. I'm like, where's that? He goes, oh yeah, that's by so and so. And I'm like, is it? <laughs> and he goes, yeah, yeah. If you, you know, and he explains it to me. I'm like, oh yeah, yeah I can see it now. Yeah, you know, yeah. you know the, um, the, the I mean, for example, the little footbridge over the railway line at the, the top of Betton Street, uh, which is out of action at the moment. You know, and and that little footbridge. It's just filled with memories for me. I mean, I think they're going to take it down because it's un- unsafe. Mm. But, um, yeah, I, I remember, you know, when I was about 18, stood on that bridge one evening waiting for my girlfriend at the time to come out of the Red Cross building, which was on Betton Street. And guess what? She never turned up. Oh, um, no. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and then fast forward many, many years, and our son Tom worked for the Red Cross in that building, you know. No and, you know, it's like... You know, that, that's what I mean about layer upon layer, mm. you know. So even a, a particular building might have more than one memory for you, you know. Exactly, yeah. And, and it's things like this I like to sample, you know, because it may not sound... I'm not well-travelled when, when I talk about places I've lived, but when I was young, I started off in Telford. And then when I was like 11 or something, I moved to Wrexham. And then uh, when I was about 22 or something, I moved back to Telford again, right? So I'd lost like all these places that we used to play when we were kids and things that I'd completely forgotten about. And I remember I was walking through Telford Town Park, right? And I stopped dead in my tracks and my heart, I nearly burst out crying because I found these steps, these steps that I remember 
with my dad, um, we used to go running up there to go to the park. We used to live in Randley. We used to walk up to the park that way. And I hadn't seen these steps since I was about six or seven. Yeah, yeah. And when I saw them, I was just like, oh my God, this is weird. This is Because I hadn't grown up around this bit. So I'd mm. forgotten they existed. Like the amphitheatre thing you've got in um, in the wooden thing you've got in Telford Town Park as well. I hadn't been there since I was little. So when I saw that and I was just like, this is weird, this is weird, this is weird, this is weird. So talking about things that you've grown up around and you still feel nostalgic and beautiful mm. and, and you love it, you know, that, that for me is really nice to sample because yeah. I haven't been able to witness that yeah. in to certain, some sort of respect, you know. Um, so yeah, this is what I'm, I, when I when I ask people what they what they love about Shrewsbury, that's what I like to hear, um, and that was that's beautiful. I think that fills that out. But you do a lot for the town, sir, and um, you know, as a mayor, you're bringing something quite special to the town as well um, in September, which I'm really excited about because um, the cavern for me in Liverpool is one of my favourite places in the whole world, and obviously that's the birthplace of the Beatles. Mm-hmm. And you're bringing the Beatles to Shrewsbury. That was one. I'm gonna point. Oh, that was one hell of a segue, man. That, you segue the hell out of that. Fair play, to you. Yeah. <laughs> that was smooth, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think you, actually, I think you ought to do a podcast. Yeah, I, think, I think I should. Maybe one day. One day, maybe. Uh, yes, indeed. Uh, yeah. So, it's, well, it's a slight exaggeration to say I'm bringing the Beatles to Shrewsbury, but yeah, well, well, in a, in, mm. a, in a way, uh, yeah, it was quite funny. I bumped into a friend outside Sainsbury's one day, and he said. Would you believe it? Phil Gillen becomes the mayor of Shrewsbury, and the very first thing he does is set up a <laughs> Beatles weekend. <laughs> You're like, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to bring a bit of Phil to Shrewsbury because this is me. You know, so I like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there are there are albeit quite tenuous connections. There are connections to Shrewsbury. I mean, people say, you know, why, why, why have we got a Beatles festival in Shrewsbury? Okay, I mean, if you if you wanted to stretch a point they did they played in Shrewsbury three times they played at the Granada Theatre which is now a bingo hall they played at the Music Hall twice uh, which is now the Museum and Art Gallery so they visited Shrewsbury three times Um, they wrote one of their big hits as well on the way to Shrewsbury as they were traveling from Chester to Shrewsbury on a bus um, and there are, you know, various connections if you start to look for it. But that's not the point, really. The point is, is that I'm a huge Beatles fanatic. Uh, <laughs> I don't like to use the word fanatic because it sounds like you're part of the paramilitary group of the <laughs> Beatles fan club. Uh, so I'll scrub that from the record and I'm going to say I'm a Beatles aficionado. Do you still have the card? I guess they must have sent a card out on the post. Yeah. If you send it. <laughs> it to P.O. Box. <laughs> Yeah, no, aficionado is much better than than fanatic. Um, So I've loved them all my life and uh, continue to love them. And I just thought, yeah, this is a great opportunity, actually. Uh, Met up with a very good friend of mine, Tim King, who uh, you must get him on the podcast as well. Just make a note of this, will you, Alex? Tim King, is he the guy that does the, the Darwin walk? Uh, I was going to say I've seen his name yeah, flying around don't somewhere. I think I don't think the Darwin walk. He he's involved in the cartoon festival. Oh, okay, no. Um, um, he used to work at the museum and art gallery, um, and he's he was very instrumental in the Wilfred Owen festival last year as yeah, well. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Tim, 
great guy, and I realised that he also uh, is a fully paid up member of the, the Beatles. Fanatic uh, Society. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, I'm going to keep using that. It's definitely it's a great word. It is a Beatles nutcase as well. Um, so I thought, yeah, okay, I'm going to go and, and see Tim and see what he thinks. And he said, oh, yeah, yeah, I really want to be involved in this. Absolutely. So we got very, very excited about it. And the first thing we did, we started having conversations with some of the many, many tribute bands that exist out there. And I got a conversation going with the Mersey Beatles. And at that moment, the Mersey Beatles were in Florida um, on tour. And we were exchanging messages. And, and I, I rang the manager one tea time uh, and I thought, this is ridiculous. I'm talking to a guy in Florida about coming to Shrewsbury and being part of the Beatles Festival. It was just so exciting. And he said, yeah, I'd be absolutely delighted to be involved. And we, we, we sort of continued that conversation. Mm. They're playing, they are the sort of foundation stone of the whole thing. They're playing on the Sunday night. So this is September 20, 21 and 22. Um, and they're playing on Sunday the 22nd um, mm. at Theatre 7. Now, sadly, um, for those of you who have only just heard about this, uh, it's already sold out, I'm afraid. I think there might be like four or five tickets left. But the Mersey Beatles is sold out effectively. Um, it sold out so quickly, even before the Theatre 7 brochure had been published. Really? Yeah, I think that's partly because Tim and I had been on Facebook sort of <laughs> shouting about it so much. You know? um, but yeah, that, I mean, that was phenomenal. So it's going to be a great atmosphere because we're going to well, have... It's the a closest thing you can get to see in the Beatles, isn't yeah, it, really? Yeah, it is, it is yeah. really, you know. And th th because it's the... I'll talk about the other events in a moment, but because it's the 50th anniversary of the Abbey Road album... This year, the Mersey Beatles play the entire album, Abbey Road, from beginning to end in the first half of the show, which is fantastic. And I've seen them very recently. I went over to Stafford to see them a few weeks ago, and it's fantastic. <laughs> and then uh, everybody goes off and has a drink for the interval, and then we all come back, and then they do sort of the crowd pleasers, the hits mm. in the second half, you know. But the, the legacy of the Beatles is such, you know, the body of work that they produced is so vast that there's no way you could do justice to it in a single evening, you know. So, so they're doing, as I say, Abbey Road, then there's an interval, and then lots of hits in the second half. But it's going to be great. But for those of you who sadly haven't got tickets for that, there will be lots of other things to go to. I'm just going to have a sip of my coffee. Yes, please do. <laughs> and, you know, uh, if you want the, uh, the Shrewsbury Biscuit to, you know, sit backstage or something, I don't know, maybe just, you know, sample a bit of it for, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. we, can, we could do maybe. Yeah, we, we could cover the Beatles weekend, couldn't yeah, we? Yeah, we could. I'm sure do. we could I mean, do that. We could yeah. do something. Yeah. Sure. There may be no tickets available, but there might be some standing <laughs> space in back, backstage, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we, we could sort something out yeah uh so <laughs> five five fantastic films um are being screened as well and i i am eternally grateful to the aforementioned tim king because he's sorted all this out really um these fantastic films so th these will be in the walker theater the the smaller auditorium at theater seven we've got good old frida uh, on the Saturday, which is a delightful, charming documentary. And it's all about the Beatles fan club secretary called Frida Kelly, who is still with us. We got in touch with Frida and she sent us a lovely message. Um, she's not able to join us for the festival, but she did send us a lovely message of support. And that, that's a gorgeous, typical English film. You know, it's really lovely. 
Um, then A Hard Day's Night, absolute classic from 1964. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Fully restored. Uh, so to see that fully restored on the big screen is very special. And it's going to be introduced by Cara Spencer, who is the daughter of the Beatles photographer Terence Spencer. And Cara has got lots of stories to tell. Uh, we've got The Beatles' Eight Days a Week, The Touring Years, uh, which is a fantastic documentary. Uh, great to see that on the big screen. Uh, about the the tours in America, fantastic that is. Um, we've got oh yes, we've got so much stuff. I almost forgot to mention uh, there's a Beatles open mic evening at the Wheat Chief in Frankwell. Ooh, you can get all open these mic, details. Oh, it's mm. fantastic! You can get all these details by either visiting the Facebook page, Shrewsbury Beatles Facebook page, or get in touch with uh, Theatre Seven. Um, or you can message the biscuit. We, yeah. we can we can get the information yeah. for you as yeah. well if you need to. Yeah, yeah make yeah. sure you send any links to this. And we, like we said with, uh, with Doctor Andrew last last time, we, we will um, we'll, we'll post any links you've got. Of course, that's what's Fair great good. about Shrewsbury. We just share each other's yeah. things. You know, we're so nice in Shrewsbury, aren't we? <laughs> yeah, we are so lovely. Yeah, we are. We are. It's almost like a utopia. Oh, it is. <laughs> and then oh, I'd better mention the other films as well. There's Backbeat, which is a drama about the Beatles in Hamburg. There's Looking for Lennon, a documentary about John in the early years, with a question and answers session with the director Roger Appleton. Ooh, that sounds good. Oh, and I've got to talk. Yeah, we get back to comics again. Tim Quinn. Uh, it's a, a mate of mine now living on Merseyside, but he lived in Shrewsbury for many years and I got to know him very well. Fantastic guy. He's coming to do a superb talk at The Hive. And Tim, I think Tim's the only person on the planet who could deliver this talk because... A, he's an expert on comics. B, he's an expert on the Beatles. And this is all about how the Beatles were portrayed in comics throughout the 60s and beyond. So it's an illustrated talk. Yeah. It'll, be, it'll be hilarious because Tim's a lovely, lovely storyteller. And that's at the Hive, so I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, that sounds really good. I really that like does that. sound good. Because mm. yeah. I think, Sh- was it Shane Chebsey who said uh, he commended you for you know, reading the, the Beatles comics because he's a... Beatles fanatic. I think I remember seeing someone on Facebook a while back. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and there's also it sounds amazing. Yeah, I mean, there's so much. I'm, I'm probably going to forget something. There's uh, live music at the Butter Market as well, um, which is yeah, going to be turned into the cavern. That's right. That's that's going to be great fun because the sellers at the Butter Market with the arches and everything in all the quiet little corners. It's a bit reminiscent of the cavern. Okay, it's stretching a point a little bit, but hey. You know, so we've got live music and uh, we've got local musicians playing Beatles songs there. And you can just go and have a coffee and a bacon sandwich. You can take the family. It's going to be very relaxed. So it's just a nice sort of chill out session. The, ca- yeah. the cavern for me is, like I said, it's like one of my favorite places in the world. But yeah. it's one of those strange experiences where you can listen to live music and read bricks. Because, <laughs> <laughs> because all the celebrities that go there sign bricks. And it's like the whole building is just full of signatures all on every all the bricks. It's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's a very strange experience, but a great one as well. And, you know, some of the biggest bands, even like today, like some of the biggest like indie bands and things came from the cavern because it was like the, the, the house bands there would always do well, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, this is awesome, you know, and we, you, you got the backing of the biscuit. We will help you very much with, Thank with you. this because I think I said this to you before that, you know, this, this, this sort of thing brings people together, you know, and it, like what better than the Beatles? I mean, uh, Steve Next Door, he's, he's famous on, on Thorskin because we always talk about Steve Next Door was yeah. blasting out some Beatles yesterday. I was like, turn it up! <laughs> 
it's quite a thing it's quite yeah. a thing um, and th- this new movie that's coming out yesterday, yesterday yeah, yeah, yeah I mean that, that that does us no no harm at all you know because again that'll put the Beatles back in the, the headla- headlines um, yeah I mean it, it's actually it took a while it, we, there were a few sort of fairly negative reviews about that to start with but there's been a couple of really good reviews five star reviews you never listen to the reviews go and enjoy it yeah. you know. well I think it's for heaven's sake it's a romantic comedy you know it's not Shakespeare you know mm. I, I do think critics sometimes take things a bit too seriously it's just a bit of fun it's entertainment yeah you know let's, let's just take it know, as it is yeah enjoy it <laughs> there was yeah. a woman uh, this weekend uh, slamming Toy Story about its ethics and I was like how can you slam Toy Story for its ethics of yeah. Toy Story <laughs> Yeah, this is the craziness of today. But Yesterday sounds brilliant. If you don't know what that is, there's a movie directed by Danny Boyle, and it's about the world. This guy wakes up. I think he gets hit by a bus or something like that. He wakes up, and everybody's forgotten the Beatles songs but him. Yeah. Nobody knows they exist. So he's like, he's whacking out Yesterday on the guitar, and people are like, when did you write that? That's amazing. It's like, it's a Beatles song. Huh? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. quite funny. <laughs> and uh, Richard Curtis has written the, the uh, screenplay. Um from uh, Love Actually and all those yeah. things, you know, and uh, um, yeah, I mean, it, it's just you know, just just enjoy it. Don't 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 get too heavy about it, you know. And and yeah, all those great songs, and I, th- I think it looks so so much fun. It sounds to me like it's just because it's done by Danny Boyle. It's like oh, he's a big director. Let's mm. let's look look, look mm. for holes in it, you know. Yeah. I think it sounds fantastic. You know, I'm a big fan of the Beatles. I won't say I'm a big Super Beatles fan, but it's one of those things I can definitely throw on and just yeah. just relax to. You know, it's just one of, the, and it's it's timeless the music. You know, so you can have it on in the background while you're cooking, <laughs> that yeah. kind of thing, like, you know. Uh, and you know, I think I think the youth could do with like listen to a bit of Beatles as well because it's one of those things that makes you realise. Do you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how old it is. It doesn't matter where it comes from. I enjoy it. Well, it's, it, I enjoy cut, it. it cuts across. I think the music cuts across every generation, and and what in some ways it surprised me, in other ways it didn't. But I. Right up through the the nineties into the noughties and all the rest of it, um, I collected Mojo magazine and Q magazine, all these music magazines, uh, uncut, and they would every now and then the Beatles would be on the cover, you know, mm. and this is like forty years after they broke up or whatever it is, you know, and you think, good God, yeah, still, they're, they're still doing it, yeah, they're still important, staying you know? power, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, yeah, it's fantastic. Um, well, I'm not going to ask you um, what your what the shoes would mean to you because we've answered that. We've, we've cleared it. All I'm going to say is thank you so much for your support from the very beginning. Um, you were very instrumental in, in kind of you know giving me a bit of confidence because when you start something like this, it's not easy to be to gauge kind of where it's going to go. Mm. But you should you should see down Alex's face when um, when I think you put a post up on Facebook a while back. Yeah, yeah, um, a big post. He turned to me. I, was, I think I was actually here. And he turned around and he just looked at his phone and he went, oh my God. And I was like, why, what's happened? I was like, what's going on? And he was like, Phil Gillum has just shared a status. And he's tagged me in it. And he was like, oh my God, oh my God. And he was, he was probably like, so like, breathe, it's okay. It's just, it's, it, it was that, it was that, from that moment I kind of realised we're, we're kind of on to something here, you know. So yeah. thank you very much for that. No, I really no, no, appreciate no, it. You know? Pleasure. And you've always you've always sang our praises to some extent, so I really do, you know, appreciate it. And I, I wish you all the luck for the rest of your mayorhood. Thank though, you, know, you very much. May, mayorship, mayorhood, yes, whatever it is. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Have you got much planned this week? What have you got uh, going? We're actually tonight. Uh, we've got an engagement tonight. We're going off to Wellington to the civic reception for the mayor of Wellington. 
there's loads of stuff going on next week. Yeah, I, I, without looking at my diary, I couldn't tell you what it is. Yeah, just, but... just, just get in the car and we'll go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, well, Bob often says that as we're heading off to an engagement. You know, what day is it? Where are we going? You know, <laughs> yeah, it is a bit of a blur, but uh, great fun. Yeah, well, we couldn't have anybody better as a mayor. Somebody that loves oh, to tell yeah. like you do, you know. So thank you very much for everything that you do, and uh, it's a keep, in, keep in touch. If there's anything we can help. Uh, you or the, the council, whatever is going on in... You, you, actually, you were saying, like, it'd be good to explain to people what a mayor actually does. What? I mean, yeah, yeah, that's one of the things I was, was going to ask. Before we go, a good quickly. point, actually. Um, yeah, so what, what... You know, I remember you saying, actually, about when you said, when you saw Phil a couple of weeks in, he said, it's a lot. Mm. I mean, what does a mayor do? So it's mainly, yeah. these days, it's mainly a sort of ambassadorial role in that uh, people will invite the mayor to all kinds of things. So it might be um, a centenary or it might be some kind of anniversary or it could be the opening a new restaurant in town or something. You know, whatever it is, there's something. it's usually something that they're celebrating. There are some set pieces during the year. Uh, for instance, the flower show. The mayor is always at the flower show. Um, the mayor always has on the Sunday following the flower show in the marquee at the quarry. Uh, there's a mayor's lunch, um, so that's something else I can plug. You know, if anyone's interested, <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, there, there are set pieces. So there are one or two sad things along the way, um, like um, um, Remembrance Sunday, of course. You know, um, th- th- these kinds of things, the big ceremonial things that come round every year. But as I say, in the main, it's an ambassadorial role. You're kind of uh, the figurehead for the town. People love to see you at whatever the function may be. Um, we also chair the, the full town council meeting. So um, that, that's a sort of the, the council side of it. Um, but yes, it's, it's, it, you know, it, it's being out there. It's promoting the town. It's talking to businesses, talking to charities. And as I say, 99 times out of 100, people just love you to be there. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't be the same. Just, the world wouldn't revolve the same way if the mayor wasn't at Remembrance Sunday or, you know, mm. it, it, mm. wouldn't, it wouldn't... It just doesn't work feel right. right mate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you very much for joining us. It's a pleasure. Uh, we'll have to, I'll have to get you on again after, you know, after all this is done and the dust is settled. I'll be like, so, let's review your year as mayor. How yeah. was it? What's your highlights? That would be lovely. Thank that you, Alex. Yeah. And we'll see you at the, uh, the Beatles weekend. So, thank Cheers. you, guys. Make sure you like, share and subscribe this episode. And uh, if, you, if you've got any comments, anything to say, just, just write us, write to us on our Facebook page or you can email us, um, which is uh, Shrewsbury Biscuit Podcast at Gmail. Email.com. I can read it off uh, Shane's very delightful T-shirt that I'm looking at now. We're both wearing them. We look like bookends today. Yeah, we do. Yeah. Uh, so if you want one of them as well, check out our Facebook page. But thank you very much, Phil. And uh, cheers. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace out. Peace out, guys. <laughs>